Hello, and welcome to Catholicism in the Car. My name is Parker Zerba. Alrighty, um, today I want to discuss the virtue of love. And I think this virtue is much more well understood by people than is uh, some of the other virtues, than faith and hope especially. Uh, And as I've explained in the past, I think that's a lot because faith and hope are often used in the same way. They're, They're equivocated. People will mean the same things when they say both terms. And I've explained that in the last episode, so if you want to go back and Here are the examples that I give. You can go back to that episode, or those episodes. But love, I think, for the most part, is used um, fairly, in a fairly consistent manner in English. Although we do generally have a number of different senses or definitions of love that we use. There's the there's the sort of erotic love, the I love you, you know, like the between a boyfriend and a girlfriend or, you know, even a husband and a wife, right? Um, that sort of erotic love. And then there's the love between family members or friends. Uh, and then there's also the very self-sacrificing type of love. And these three types of love, um, you know, a lot of people know this. They are... Uh, the ancient Greek actually uses different words for each of these three types of love. It would be uh, eros for the erotic type of love, philios for the uh, for the love between friends or family members, and then it would be agape, which is that self-sacrificing type of love, that, that ultimately selfish type of love. And I think um, this is very well demonstrated in the 21st gospel, 21st gospel, 21st chapter of uh, the gospel of John, where uh, Jesus, you know, the, the disciples have been on the boat, Jesus calls them to the shore, they've been fishing, they haul in, you know, a whole bunch of fish, right? Um, and then there, Jesus and Peter, specifically, this it, the gospel records a conversation between Jesus and Peter. And Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? And in that sentence, the word love he, Jesus uses there to Peter is the word agape. Do you love me, Peter? And Peter says, no, Lord, or yes, Lord, I love you. He says, yes, Lord, I love you. But he, Peter uses the word philios. So the love of friends, or the love of family members. Jesus repeats again, Peter, do you love me, agape? Do you agape me? And Peter again replies, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, using the word philios. Jesus says a third time, and and these three times are to uh, uh, pardon Peter for the three times he denied Jesus. And so the third time Jesus says, 
Peter, do you love me? Agape. And Peter finally says, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you, agape, that I agape you. Yes, Lord, you know that I agape you, is what he says. And that uh, is basically the reconciliation between Peter and Jesus. And so then Jesus says to Peter, Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And it's interesting. I think uh, that that passage, especially that last line there, uh, this is kind of an aside here, tangent. But uh, for a long time, I think Catholics didn't really use that verse as much for a defense of the papacy. And it, it's come back. Catholics are now using that verse. I've seen it a lot more by apologists using that verse. Uh, because it's interesting that Jesus only tells Peter that. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. And in combination with a lot of the other things Jesus says to him, you know, at the Last Supper, he says um, to Peter, you know, after you fall, you will strengthen your brethren. Right? He, he, he prophesies, you know, after Peter denies him three times, that, that Peter will then strengthen his brethren, strengthen the other apostles. So anyway, that was a bit of an aside there, but there are plenty of apologetical uh, verses for the papacy. Um, I haven't done much apologetics on this podcast yet. That's kind of purposeful. I think the apologetic scene is is quite um, uh, quite saturated on the Catholic level, and then there's people that can do it way better than me. <laughs> so, so I I, uh, I don't really. I haven't really done that very much. Not to say that I won't in the future, but at least right now, it hasn't been a priority for me. So anyway, uh, there's these sort of three types of love. Eros, philia, and agape. And uh, eros and philia are definitely good types of love. They're necessary, they're, but, they're, but they're natural types of love, purely natural. They spring from natural sorts of bonds, uh, the erotic sorts of bonds that we would have with a, a spouse um, or, you know, even someone we're courting with, you know, as long as that eros is kept in check, right? And even with our spouses, uh, the eros love needs to be kept in check. Um, you know, it, it cannot turn to spouses... Um, seeing each other as objects. But and then, then there's the agape love, which which I do think, you know, it certainly exists on a natural level. It's not, it's not, uh, agape love is not purely this uh, cardinal virtue, this theological virtue that we need. Um, because, you know, the ancient Greeks knew about agape love. Uh, every civilization knows about agape love. The love that someone has for another, where they will, where they will uh, lay their lives down for said other person, in a incredibly selfless sort of a way. So I do think that, that yes, there is uh, 
there is a an agape type love that is natural. You know, uh, one does not have to be a baptized Christian, taking advantage of the sacraments or you know, in extraordinary circumstances, uh, a non-Christian who is following. Uh, the law, natural law, and is seeking God in every possible way, and if he knew about Christianity, he would embrace it. Um, you know, besides those two sort of situations where the, the theological virtues would be infused into a person by grace, um, there is there is also a certain amount of agape love that can happen on a natural level, Right? But it's incredibly rare on a natural level. It's also incredibly rare on a on a supernatural level, like among baptized Christians. It's also very rare, um, but not amongst baptized Christians who take their faith incredibly seriously. In that group of people, you know, the people who are serious about their Christian faith, agape love, I think, is much more common. And that's because Christianity really lends itself uh, by the very design of it. The end of Christianity is that agape love, that ultimately self-sacrificing love. That's the end of Christianity. No other religion. No other religion has that as an end, as a specific, uh, as, as the main goal of the religion. And many people, you know, Muslims will say Christianity is a, is a sappy, uh, you know, self, uh, like, uh, what would you say? A religion where one inflicts pain on oneself unnecessarily. It's a religion of cowards, right? That's what a lot of Islamic apologists will say. Because from a natural point of view, why would one ever sacrifice themselves for another person uh, to whom maybe they don't know or to whom, you know, maybe they're even an enemy? See, and and that, I think, the sacrificing of oneself for an enemy, that is the height of love. That is the height of love. For an enemy or one who does one wrong, uh, for someone who would hurt one if they had the chance, right? That is the height of, of love. And you really are not going to see that on a natural level unless God intervenes. The, the absolute sacrifice of oneself for an enemy, for the good of an enemy, I think I can argue safely that you will not find that on a natural level. Uh, the classic definition of love amongst Christians is willing the good for another, right? But you can take that even farther for a higher type of love, and that would be willing the good for an enemy or for one who does you harm. 
you know, because I can, and that's kind of encompassed within willing, willing uh, love for another, right? That's kind of encompassed by that definition, but it's it's a more pure definition of it from a Christian standpoint. Willing the good of an enemy. See, and that's really where the rubber hits the road. Because uh, other types of love can be kind of disguised. They can be philia love disguised as agape, right? Like, I can, I can sacrifice my life for my children or my wife. And that is, you know, a type of agape love. It's completely self-sacrificing. But it also has philia mixed in there. Or even for a friend, you know, someone that I love. That has, that's an agape love, but it has philia mixed in, right? But like a fully-fledged agape love would be the self-sacrifice for an enemy. One who is not family, one who is not a friend. It's that kind of a love. And that kind of a love is absolutely incredible. That is the type of, of love that can move mountains, right? It's just amazing. It's amazing. You you do not see that type of love very often. It's exceptionally rare. For even, you know, it may not be the sacrifice of one's life even, but it might be, you know, um, I have somebody at work, maybe, who, you know, and this is, I'm just thinking this up. This doesn't correspond to a real situation. <laughs> I'm just starting my job at a new place, so I have, haven't had any time to make any enemies yet, right? <laughs> um, not that I really make enemies anyway, or at least I don't try to. But, um, you know, at work, maybe, I have someone... Oh, excuse me. I have someone whom I working with that that I uh, someone whom I'm working with that I really do not get along with maybe they have slighted me in many ways uh, they have worked to against my success at the job right they've, they've tried to do everything they can to get me demoted or Maybe they've even framed me for things, right? And a Christian in that in that sense, you're not to be a doormat, right? You're not to just let people walk all over you. But what one should do is see, you know, A, why is this person so malicious towards me? First off, is it something that I'm doing? You know, uh, you want to first point the finger at yourself, make sure that it's not something. But then think, what in this person's life could be causing them to have such an adverse reaction to me? And one would do that so that you could have compassion for that, that enemy. Uh, one can have compassion for that enemy. You know, that's kind of on the human level, right? The psychological level. Getting yourself to a point where you can have compassion for that person. And then, you know, on that human level, once one gets their, uh, their emotions,
emotions sort of in line, right? By, you know, trying to understand where that person is coming from. Uh, one can then have compassion on them. And at that point, uh, I don't think you can be very hurt anymore. Uh, you're not going to be a doormat at that point if you can have true compassion for an enemy. And then, you know, where it moves to the supernatural, the supernatural virtue of love, that truly self-sacrificing love for an enemy, uh, would be where you then can say to that person, uh, after they have hurt you or slighted you, you know, you can say it either in your head or straight to them if you are given the chance. You can say, I want the best for you. I truly want the best for you. And what would the best for that person be? The best thing for that person would be ultimately conversion. You know, but if they get promoted or they get, you know, whatever, I'd be happy for them. Because that may be an occasion for them to to convert. Now, if you know, if you have, you know, a good understanding of this person and know that them being promoted will actually be a detriment to everyone else, especially if they're being put in a position of authority, and you know that this person is just going to take advantage of his subordinates, then you would, for the sake of others, you know, for, not for the sake of yourself, for the sake of others, the others around you, who is also, also subordinate to that individual, um, then you would need to, uh, then you would let the proper authorities know that this person may not be the best one for the job, for the sake of others, not for the sake of yourself. Okay, so that's that's more, I think that might be more of a concrete example of how people might find this sort of agape love for an enemy, even on a, um, in, in a non, uh, you know, life threat, in a non-life-threatening sort of a way. All right. Thanks. Oh, uh, real quick, real quick, please feel free to uh, subscribe to any of my podcasts on any of the podcast players. Find me on YouTube. Please subscribe. Like me on Facebook, like the Catholicist Car channel on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're all there. Catholicism Car. Find me. And then I also have a Patreon account if you wish to support what I do at this, at this podcast and this YouTube channel. And you can also support us on anchor.fm. There's a support button there you click on. I also have links to all of this on my website's support page at www.catholicismintheCar.com.